0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
2: Welcome to the Capital Club Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Excelsior Capital, an investment platform focused on democratizing private equity by providing individuals access to direct opportunities. To learn more about the firm and the Capital Club community, visit our website at www.excelsiorgp.com and connect with Brian on LinkedIn.
0: Hello and welcome to the conversation today. I have with me Raven Hernandez. Raven, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Got you in studio, which is always kind of fun. We've been trying to do more of these. And I'll do your quick bio here. Uh, You are the founder of Earthrides, an all-electric rider share app. She, alongside her partner, Peter Smith, launched Earthrides in October 2020 in your hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. uh, Also my hometown, my backyard. With a mission to accelerate the adoption of electric vehicles while creating an ecosystem where healthy is cool. And we connected through some... Very Nashville-type, multiple points of contact. The vibes. I remember my COO flagged you, I think, on LinkedIn to me. He said what you're doing was really cool, and then I needed to check it out. So I Googled you, pinged you on LinkedIn, and that's how I got to WeFunder. Mm. Ended up having Johnny, Mm -hmm. who I saw yesterday at coffee. Where'd you see him at? uh, Ethan Roast in Sylvan Heights. Yeah, I had
1: lunch with him. Was it yesterday? He said they had just seen you. So that's, yeah, I had, I just had lunch with him and then he ran off to probably be with you. Yeah. So
0: I ran into him at coffee, but so I looked up WeFunder and thought, man, this is really cool.
1: Is it your first time hearing of it?
0: It was when I looked you up.
1: Nice. Oh, cool.
0: I'd never heard about it before. That's cool. Yeah. Well,
1: great introduction to WeFunder through earth.
0: Yeah, it was, it was really good. And then I had him on my podcast and then I followed up with you and here you are.
1: Just like that. Just like magic.
0: Just like that. Just like magic. I'm not hearing you. Is
1: it because you turned me down too much in my own head?
0: Maybe. Let's see. And here we are. So I did a little bit of homework on you, but Nashville native, you know, what drew you initially to starting this EV kind of company and going on this crazy ride?
1: In Nashville specifically or just in general?
0: In general, but I'm sure Nashville is part of the story.
1: I mean, it's home, right? It's it's my streets. I know how to move and how to operate and how to think through what I need to get done easier because it's home. And, you know, there's less guesswork for me particularly. But I started Earth alongside Peter because we really care about our health. And it's not the... The overall arching theme of the company, which is important to me, like we don't make it all about health for a particular reason, because, you know, not everybody cares all about health there. You know, people have their hierarchy of things that they care about. And I wanted that hierarchy to be shifting. You know, I wanted people to look at clean technology and electric vehicles as something that can really boost their whole lifestyle. You know, even even the charging of like, oh, you have to sit at a charger for 20 minutes to sit somewhere for 20 minutes in a day. And do other things besides, like, running off to the next thing is actually really liberating. You know, a lot of people at the charger bring their own food and, like, have, like, a little laptop desk. So it's, like, a moment to kind of, like, unwind, sit back and be like, okay, like, let me get some things done, go grocery shopping. So, yeah, um, it was really about health. But then it was about connecting people to... Clean technology that they might not other have, you know, sought out. And we had in our first year of operations eighty five percent of people who had never been in an electric vehicle, really in Nashville, yeah. Which is just it's mind boggling, you know. That's we had almost one hundred and twenty five thousand. So when you think about all those people I know personally, because you know I do know some of our riders very intimately. When I used to drive as much as I could, and I know a couple that have bought an electric vehicle because of us. Which is like that's even more. That's like that's the reason, you know. It's it's to show people that there are other ways of living, whether it be the food that you eat or the car that you buy or the activities that you consume, you know, there's just a different way to do it and it can be healthier.
0: Right. And and that's a big theme for you, right? This healthy lifestyle, Mm -hmm. you're incorporating it into, I guess, the transportation space.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. What motivated you to care about that?
1: Circling back to health, the pollution. I was living, I was at Pepperdine School of Law and
0: not a bad space to spend some time beautiful out there.
1: I mean, you're working hard because you're in law school. So it's a different enjoyment, but I mean, I mean, I I went on so many hikes. I I have a farm out there that I go to. That's like where I shop when I'm there. I don't go to the grocery store and you can see LAX though, you know, when you're like on the campus, you can see it and you can see the planes taxiing and you can see the actual soot in the air, which is. Kind of insanity. Like growing up in Nashville, you know, we've grown in, in size. And so with that has come some habitat things that need to be taken care of. But growing up, like blue skies and like mountains and trees. And, and so then when you go out into other spaces and you're like, ooh, like these people don't have clean air. Um, and I didn't really want to start, like, I love, I've got my juice companies. Like, I love to go and get my good stuff and like my spots. But I didn't want to start a brick and mortar space at the beginning because I wanted it to touch more people, you know, in, in a day we can service hundreds of people that get in and out of the cars and they're starting to experience something new or something for the first time. And they always ask questions. I mean, the drivers are like, they know the questions that are coming, right? Like, look at the screen, look at the roof, like, tell me about the charging. What's different about it? And my favorite thing is always to talk about the region braking, because you can show them, like, as you're driving, you can let off the gas and it'll, and then you'll come to a complete stop without having put your foot on the the brake, which is really cool. People love that.
0: So before we get into like the the real weeds of yeah. the company, let's kind of rewind the tape. You're in law school. You graduate. Mm-hmm. Did you ever practice?
1: For about a year. Yeah, I'm okay. still licensed today. I don't I know how much more I'll keep that active kind of to what no, you no, no, <laughs> were
0: You know, at, at some point, the continuing legal education, <laughs> uh, it just became too much for me. Yeah. Um, It's a lot. Yeah. It's what
1: was 15 hours? I, I had to crush it in at the end of last yeah, year. It do, was...
0: I, that's what I did every year. I was uh, the, You know, two days after Christmas, and you had to do them in new. person, right? Well, <laughs> we're going down a tangent here. But yeah, so the way it used to work, at least, was they were quote unquote in person, but you would go down to the Tennessee Bar Association building downtown uh-huh. and they would just replay videos that they recorded from in person. Come on, God. And so you'd knock out your 15 T-rays. hours. I think I would do, I tried to do five a day for three days and it was.
1: Oh, that's like, could worst. you be on your phone, like doing other stuff or no?
0: You know, I'm so old that I think I'm not even thought. sure, like
1: you Smart,
0: had a. that exist.
1: okay well i had to watch mine all on aba you can buy like a yeah, packet yeah, for like yeah, 75 yeah, bucks yeah. but yeah no you know i so i'm in law school and i got there really just like i knew i wanted to do it i mean around like 14 15 and so i knew that it was something that would elevate me and teach me and you know some people do it because many different reasons and that was just like the one thing out of everything that i knew is like it can pay well, it can be really hard work, it can be very rewarding, but it also can teach you a lot. And that's what I continue to, like, to hear. And I also, you know, growing up, I like to do plays and, like, sing and things. And so when I, my first time being in the courtroom around 14, I was like, oh, this is a play. Like, this is a show. Mm-hmm. And this is a sales, like, there's, there's, like, so much behind just showing up to court. And it was a murder trial. So, you know, it was specifically, like, a show on that as well. And, yeah, and I got there and it just, um it had served its purpose. Like I had learned and I continue to learn and I continue to think differently because of it, but it wasn't my passion. I do love like getting to talk about things and like be the, like the first line of defense in my company as the attorney and then pass it on to what I need to like, I know, okay, these are things I got to figure out. Now let me go find them versus not even knowing where to start.
0: Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. I enjoy paying legal fees for these people to figure out the the nitty-gritty but high level it does help you kind of obviously recognize fact patterns patterns and know where the the, the red flags are, which I think is useful.
1: Yeah. I'm still out of school, so I'm still young. So I do have a lot of friends that have, that are still like willing to like read things for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and
1: like, they're, they're killing it. You know, they're crushing it. They, they see, some of them see the same terms, like the same terms for the last two years, you know? So then I can just say, Hey, like, is, am I right to circle this? And like, kind of and like, yeah, And this is what I usually use to go back. I'm like, hell yeah. Thank you.
0: So practice for a year. Your- mm-hmm. Did you already have this idea in your head about what you wanted to do?
1: So, Peter and I were talking about it right before I finished law school, actually. Kind of like January, February, March, but really started to. It was like, hey, we're gonna do this, I think. And so we planned a trip right after law school. We went to Bali, Australia and Hawaii for about like three and a, like August to November. Pretty nice. It was good. It's also really affordable. We said yeah. Bali most of the time, so it was right. really affordable. Right. And it was I mean, it was absolutely divine. And we like it wasn't really a vacation. And I like to remind him that. Like that was on a vacation. It was, obviously. It was but we we researched a lot and mm. it was just like why is this not a good idea that was my perception of like why is this not a good idea let's yeah like i need to know why we're gonna sink it and why it's just stupid or crazy or whatever and it's yeah i think it's a little bit i don't even say it's a little bit crazy the idea it's the work behind the idea that's crazy like that we have to live in and that we have to have people rise you know on the team to the occasion and ask a lot of for you know little in a sense especially with pandemic i mean People are paying people just really big salaries to do not like super difficult work, you know, like mm-hmm. it can be on a repeat in, in a sense. It's there, you don't have to like actually find a new problem that exists and then give me the answer or options to the answer and then also not get paid, you know, $100,000 like two years out of college, which is happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, associates, salaries are yeah. growing up pretty significantly.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, to compete as a, a startup, you know, it's... And we've also been very lean in the sense of, like, we wanted to maintain, maintain as much power as possible for as long as possible. And, you know, we've been able to do that. And we've been able to find people who believe in the mission and are coming along for the ride. So,
0: it's fun. So, give us some context. Where are you all in terms of your growth? You've You've raised... You know, obviously you're on WeFunder. Is that campaign still ongoing? Yeah, it yeah, is. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've got about three hundred thousand that's reserved but not confirmed. So it's up for it's up for grabs.
0: And so maybe tell people who don't know what is WeFunder. How does it yeah. work? And how do they work with entrepreneurs like you?
1: Yeah, equity crowdfunding platform. And really the idea is the laws of change around the SEC. And so allowing more people to play the game and and have a a accredited type of status in a sense. They've lowered the bar for accredited investors, which it's not necessarily lowering the bar in a bad way. It's leveling the playing field. I think that's really...
0: Allowing people more access.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so now people can, you know, in our campaign, they can invest as little as 250. The average is, you know, around 2,500, give or take. And 22 is the cap. And then beyond 22, you have to show that you understand your financials. Kind of like how I say, you know, if, if you... Made a hundred thousand last year. You probably shouldn't invest 70 this year unless you have something, you know, else that you're able to dip into that money. So, you know, and it also deepens the brand loyalty for the customer. Uh, people talk about us more when they invest with us. They ride with us more. They want to see how we can do any B2B opportunities with us. You know, they're they're part of the mission they're part of the ride yeah, like quite strategic frankly
0: strategic partners absolutely
1: but that, you know yeah. uh, like more than 5 or 2 or 10 and so it's, it's a fun it's it's a fun way to i think it's a great way to kind of in a, it's like a very good solid starting place if you're not quick to get seed or for whatever reason you don't want to go the vc route you know it also is affordable money you can set your terms and so that was really attractive to us as well we did do a million before that. So we're, you know, at basically 1.75. We'll be at two at the end. we'll, we'll be at two, 2.25 at the end of the, you know, when all, th- all things are said and done with WeFunder. And then it's like, gearing up to try and raise more eventually.
0: So you did Friends and Family and then and then WeFunder was kind of an extension of the Friends and Family? Or no, a so we round, did like a strategic
1: uh, round with some business leaders here in Tennessee. Um, Mark from Village, Mark Dutchman from Village and Chris Beinhardt from Richland Builders, as well as Dana Smith from Sarah Cannon. And so and a couple others. And so with that round, it was it wasn't really friends and family because none of them were my friends and family. I, I did have to, you know, do a little bit of the the show pony conversation, but it was also a conversation. You know, Deanna is a, a, a grad of Pepperdine. And so we had that connection. Uh, the dean who was at the school, the dean of students, who's now the dean of the, or the assistant dean, I believe. Sorry, Dean.
2: No, uh, no, no, no.
1: He He's now he got a bigger thing. He's with, so our one of the individuals at the law school is now the president of the entire university, including the law school. Like he's like over that. And so then he brought um, Danny. So, yeah, Danny introduced me and I'm very thankful for that. You know, that's really what it has taken for me personally to, to be in this space and to continue to grow is just the opportunity to get to tell my story and to get to talk about what we're doing and why I think it's fun, worth it and, you know, makes sense and is something that needs to get done. So it's it's been really awesome.
0: So, but what was that experience like raising capital initially? And I, I mean, it, I, this is what I do all the time, Yeah, but at first it must have been intimidating.
1: I was too naive to, <laughs> to feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So we did, we did a um, an advisor of ours who's a part of, who's deeply a part of the the company, head of strategy and finance, Trevor Gormley. He had helped a company, a family that he knew exit very comfortably. Like he came to them and I think within 24 months, he had three exit or whatever. He'd grown that size very largely for them. And so they said, hey, we want to take this money and put on the stock market because he had been in the financial sector. He was like, you know, actually, I have a better idea. Let's go take this to the startups I'm working with. And I just so happened to connect with him maybe like two months before. And so then he was like, here's your first check. I didn't give him a deck. I didn't give him financials. I wow. gave him like, this is what we've already started doing. We were bootstrapping. You know, we had started with the app. We had gotten some cars. We would you know, spent money for sure, like for sure. But um, yeah, so we got that. And then in, like 30 days later, they wrote us another one. So that that was very awesome. And that lasted us until about uh, last. Well, it didn't necessarily last us. our burn wasn't following that. But we didn't start doing another raise last August. So we did that million, that strategic individuals in Tennessee, and then we fund her. So it's been kind of interesting pattern because what we've been doing really, like we we showed profitability in, in month six, which we had originally put on our business plan, but then inflated it because who wants to see that like that's not believable in a sense of potentially you know that's at least that's what we were uh, recommended to do so we Mm -hmm. did that and then we saw that you know like okay we can make this work based on it's you know it's making sure that the cars the the operational hours are very efficient and very little deadhead miles and really great margins on each ride that you do so you, you do have to be somewhat selective and we're continuing to refine what we're going after and how we're being strategic with you know, the rides that we can do, because we are lean, right? Like we've got about 20 cars that we own ourselves. We've got about another 40 independent contractors that drive their own cars. We do get access from time to time from different OEMs to like more cars. And so what we're doing really is just showing that within two cities, we can operate really efficiently and we can have a very controlled burn and we can grow a brand, quite frankly. Like Earth to me isn't just rides either. You know, it's it's a brand. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that's beyond just what's happening within the car.
0: And so the other city is Austin, right? Yeah. Okay. And how did you go about, I mean, there's a lot of comparisons right mm-hmm. now between Nashville and Austin. Was that just kind of a... This makes a ton of sense or you, did you look at a, a a broad, um, you know, set of, of options when you're deciding what city to go to next?
1: So we had, I think at the time it was like five part, like five individuals in the company. Each one of us had to present a new city each week for like a month or something. And we just researched uh, and we had like a list, I think we maybe researched like 15 and they were a B plus. We, that's really, you know, we did, we did some research and, and when I want to say B plus, I say Nashville, I say Phoenix, Scottsdale, I say Austin, I say, you know, Tampa. I don't say Miami, like Miami, Atlanta, New York, LA, those are all, you know, big boy cities that require gateway markets. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're big. And so for us, it was like, if we can prove it in a B plus market like Nashville and also, you know, where I'm from, and then let's, let's transition to something that's similar. Like why try and go after the big goat on number two? Cause you're going to learn a lot on number two, you know, you don't want to sink and fail in something ginormous, but also you don't want to like go to a smaller city that, you know, I wouldn't go to Gatlinburg, right? Like that's a city that can happen at a later time and in a more niche, like fun way versus showing proof of concept. So yeah, Austin for us, it was very similar to Nashville and, you know, it's growing at a good pace. There's a lot of good tech people there. And so, you know, for acquiring, you know, new individuals in the company, talent, it was a great place to be. And we knew we knew some people as well. So it's just, After the research, it was kind of obvious, like, this is the next city. And yeah, we went, we went sight unseen. No one even flew out because it was still COVID. It was still the pandemic. So no one flew out.
0: When did you roll out the second city? August. Oh, wow. So very recent. And how's it been so far?
1: Yeah. So I was there. Joe Miner, my head of partnerships, was there with us, and Peter Smith, my co founder. And it was amazing. You know, it was, it was, it's just been an amazing opportunity to learn from. You know, we didn't know what, you plant. You you think you know what you're gonna do. Like yeah, you don't here's, know what you
0: don't even know.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean that's every day of my life. You know, and people always ask like, what's my responsibilities? And for sure, it's networking and building relationships and talking about the brand and bringing in money. But it's also you know the management part and. When my hands have to get dirty, like I definitely saw the trash was full before I left the office real quick just now and grabbed it because it's Friday, so that means it's going to be busy the entire weekend. Why ask somebody else when I know they've all got something to do? And I had five minutes and like I did show up here technically one minute late in my book, but <laughs> it was worth it because it'll 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 make the rest of the weekend go super smooth. True
0: entrepreneur's journey: taking the trash out, doing a podcast. And... I
1: had the Soho lunch right before this with nice. Tina, so it was great. Thing, yeah, yeah, that's it was awesome. a great it was a great day. Yeah,
0: and that's right. Tina, you know, we're going to have coffee with her on Monday. It's, it's such a Small world, very Nashville.
1: That's why I love it. You know, my thing. I I, I enjoyed living in other places. I, I lived in Central America for a year, and I lived in LA and Malibu and Santa Monica, and then Austin. And what I love about Nashville is that, like, I can connect with a human on a on a basis of just like goodness. Like growing up, you could just have like, you know, you're standing behind me and you're with your wife and kids and one of them's being silly and I can say something to you and then we'll interact for a little bit. And it's like this nice community building opportunity. And then we go about our ways. And then maybe one day again, like we see each other and, and then it's like, oh, hey, you know, and it's just, it's it's good people that are able to like let down their guard and, and, and talk and just like be human, which is really lovely.
0: Multiple points of contact as always in, in Nashville. What, always. When I moved here, my father-in-law told me, You've got to be nice to everybody because somebody is always somebody's cousin. You just never know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: and that's what's beautiful, too, is like growing up now and being in a place where, I mean, I'm not going to like help someone close on their series V, but I can definitely make some sort of intro and I'm, you know, usually one or two people away from whomever. And it's just cool that we're in a place where like the ego isn't eating us alive. Like we can have this conversation and you know, I'm a 26 year old entrepreneur. You've done some amazing things and you're like, Hey, let's come have this conversation. It's really not only is it like humbling, but it's just like, it's an amazing opportunity for you to provide other people. And then hopefully one day, maybe, I mean, I can do something who knows, you know, but you know. I mean, maybe you're on the side of the road and you've run out of gas because you don't have an EV yet. And I'm like, I got you.
0: I was I was googling them. You know, I've been trying to buy one for the last three six months, but it, it's. Really, what do you want? You know, I want a VW ID4. Okay, but it's six to nine months out.
1: Well, why do not you let me know before today? I, let's make it work. Let's we, let's see what we, we can do. Make it happen? Yeah, but it's interesting, this is not an offer for everybody, so don't.
0: <laughs> but there's no inventory. It's really surprising. there's
1: inventory. It's, it's, it's just hard you. You hard know. To find. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to know the channels. It's not. It's different, like the ride, like the, not the ride. As a retail
0: consumer. Yeah, yeah. The EV space, no,
1: but the EV space is different because, you know, they've removed the dealership and that's a very different in in Tesla's instance. And then, you know, everyone else has tried to go along with, okay, how do we order online? Like, how do we sell these cars online? I mean, Tesla has truly done some amazing things within the OEM space. I mean, Legacy, and I I talked to them. I talked to Legacy. I talked to the new guys and there's a lot of opportunity for everyone to learn for sure. You know?
0: So, what's OEM?
1: A, a car manufacturer. So, Ford, Tesla, Rivian, uh, Chevrolet, GM. And
0: you only have Teslas, right?
1: No. So we have the Machi Mustang, okay. and then we've done the Polestar two and the Audi e-tron, and then I've gotten to personally drive like some fun stuff as well. Yeah,
0: I hear the Ford is really cool.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Love it. It's really good. It's it's built really well, and you know. Tesla has amazing technology, and Ford has really great builds, and they both have aspects of of each other as well. But Ford's build on the on the Mach-E was absolutely, you know, great finishing.
0: So this, I, I think, I understand the business model, and, and and I think what you're doing is really cool. It begs the question: Why are Uber and Lyft doing this themselves?
1: And specifically, which part of it,
0: like. The EVs, Mm solely EV fleet.
1: They try, but they're 1099. And so there's limitations behind 1099. You know, they've, both the giants have decided like that's the route. And they spent a lot of money, you know, in California, $200 million on Prop 22 to make sure that 1099 was the route. And so that's that's the cross that they're dying on. And I'm going, you know, just a different way. And what we've been able to show, I mean, when I think about even just like customer acquisition, it's two, two very different things happening. I was reading in Forbes before this, $3 Three billion on their accumulated deficit that was on their balance sheet in 2018, and then they've got for Uber for for Lyft, yeah. and then they had 18 million active users hmm. at that time. So that's 160 dollar loss on each person. So the CAC and LT, I mean, like the basics of the beginning, and of course it's going to be shrinking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, because more people are going to be learning about it. it. Yeah, fair. yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. But I mean, that's that's a that's a big place to come back from. And what yeah. we've done is we've we've really focused on that Tennessee word of mouth, right? Like that that grassroots, that guerrilla marketing. Our CAC, our CAC has never been above ten. I mean, it's, it hovers three to five. With an LTV of 80. And that's been lean, right? That's been not even going after everyone. We don't do any digital marketing. We can't go after everyone because we can't do all those rides. And that was really what was amazing about launching in October of 2020, is that Nashville still had tourism and Nashville saw had people going out, but it was shrunk. It was so shrunk. So it was it was easier to capture people, you know, because there wasn't as many people out. And so we were really able to say, hey, this is what we're about. Give us an opportunity. There were times where I would drive and I would be in the Model X and I'd show up on D Street on Demoman and like in front of Tin Roof, open the doors, see someone waiting on their Uber. It's taking forever. I was like, get in, get in. And while you're in, I'll pause myself so I won't get a ride, download the app. And, you know, sometimes if they were going close, I wouldn't even charge them. I would just make sure they showed me that they downloaded the app and then they they take another ride. And I would do that one night. I did that three times in a row. It was amazing.
0: So I totally get that story. But how do you scale that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great question. Yeah. And it starts with the brands. You know, with anything, it starts with the brand. I mean, Chick-fil-A was one store. You know, how do you scale that? That's that's the beauty of what we're trying to do is make sure that we're doing lean acquisitions. And and when you say, how do we scale that? I think what you're, you're wondering is like, which way are we going to go moving forward? Because mm-hmm. do we continue to acquire cars? Do we continue to launch the markets ourselves? You know, it's not – I don't do that anymore. I don't have to do that anymore. Right. That's that's not what's happening now. We're focused more on our B2Bs. And we, we were focused more on our B2Bs back then. But street marketing has always been an avenue. I, I worked at Red Bull previously in college. And so, like, I was trained yeah, they, in that. <laughs> they
0: crush that type of marketing. Kill it. They and crush I, it. Kill
1: yeah. it. I learned so much. And I and I love that brand. And I love those they people. They
0: know their customer profile avatar. Down pat.
1: And, but they're also always expanding it. Yeah, that's their goal. That's what I learned is like, how do you reach everyone in a different way, but the same product? You know, someone was telling me, like I was at this fun BIPOC women panel yesterday, speaking, and they were talking about like, what do you, how do you know how to pitch yourself? I'm like, it, well, it depends. Like, what room are you in? Yeah. And you know, to know your core values, but to be able to expand upon them in different ways that are bringing about people together you know that's that's kind of that's always what i focus on is like bringing
2: people together
0: so what is the vision i mean you you...
2: want to learn more about investing in alternatives get started by joining the capital club where you'll get exclusive access to alternative investment opportunities premium content and education and an affinity peer-to-peer network of industry professionals you can sign up by going to our website at www.excelsiorgp.com
0: Talking about scaling, you rolled out to a new market. I mean, obviously, you want to conquer the world. I mm-hmm. hope that's what I'm, every entrepreneur.
1: You I gotta know, go big, yeah, go home,
0: and like that's what they want to do. You that's have why to. so fun to talk to. That's why I love interviewing them. But let, maybe let's kind of zero in the next two, three years. Mm-hmm. What that, What does that look
1: like? Yeah, raising big capital, going for a Series A, launching, you know... Like
0: an institution, gets an institutional equity. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, most likely, unless I can piece together some wealthy people that are... I mean, I would love to do that. I'd love to piece together some, like, big names because if I could... So p- other people in this space or two other companies in the space that have raised a Series A, one did 14, like, six, and the other did, like, 25. So, I mean, even being in the sweet spot of 20, I don't necessarily need more than that, really. I mean, I can, I can make things shake and bake with 20 million, you know? So taking a couple of that and launching a couple more, maybe B plus and maybe one A, two to three, getting a grasp on those, keep refining those processes, looking at earth stations, because I said earth is more than just rides, looking at how do we have like convenience gas station charging around the spaces that are just so lacking. Like Tesla can't, they can't do everything when it comes to the EV space. I'm not saying that they're doing everything, but their charging infrastructure is top-notch, right? Like it's everywhere, but there are no trash cans. And when Target closes, there is no bathroom. And so there are limitations beyond that. And we feel those pains because we're in the space. And I've always said, you know, charging and the future of really gas stations, earth stations, EV stations, has to change as the user is changing their own habits. When was the last time you went to a gas station and bought a hot dog and some Funyuns?
0: I don't really eat meat, but it's been a long time. I don't know.
1: You're not going to do that. But if there was a juice place attached that had some really nice co working space that had internet and you were charging your EV for 20 minutes and maybe your kids are with you. So let's go ahead and just have lunch at this like semi decent, nice, hopefully nice place. Yeah. You probably would. And if you had an app with that, that also connected into those features of like, all right, you know, let's say you're driving, you hand your wife a phone. She's like, okay, I'm going to do this table and maybe we'll like go, go i'm just dreaming hit a sauna while we're there because we're on a road trip or take a shower Sounds pretty whatever like like it's, how cool would that be how cool would that be but at a minimum, it's the minimum some nice experience food. right exactly I mean, it an reminds experience me
0: of of my friend uh, brian frist over at yoshi mm-hmm. you know what they've been doing started out just refilling people's uh cars when they were kind of at work or at home and now they've expended their offerings to include you know, oil change, tile service, yep. Yep. charging service for people that have EVs. They did COVID testing, delivery. You know, you've got these customer base and then you can figure out different ways that you can service them or cross sell them or kind of however you want to frame it up mm-hmm. and it sounds like you kind of have that vision as well i
1: have the vision i don't have the money yet so i try not to talk too much about it too sure. because i have my my mind just sure. races you, you don't know? Want to
0: come across as trying to boil the ocean that's right? that's and true get a little nervous oh yeah start talking about we work
1: you can, <laughs> i don't even get to really yeah. i don't even get to i don't get to i don't talk about that too much and i don't talk about franchising either because mm-hmm. that, that's like those are so in a 20 million raise i'd say those are just r&d right like those are things that i want to explore And I want to, and I don't want to do them expensive. You know, I don't want to do them expensively, like explore, like, you know, half the budget on that, right? You know, you saw what happened with autonomous cars and people in the ride-show space trying to build them and losing billions. Yeah,
0: Rivian (laughs) just announced today that they were kind of walking back some of their pricing estimates and they're having some serious challenges with deliverability. And I mean, the Ford 150 Lightning, they had to stop taking waitlist orders, right? Because there's just a backlog there. So the question for you, Have we already reached the tipping point for EV? I mean, is it just a matter of consumer adoption? It's going to happen. It's going to come. Or do you think there will always be roadblocks there for people in
1: America? I definitely don't think we've reached the tipping point because we don't even know what's next beyond electric. Like, who's to say this is the last thing we do and the last way we evolve? I look at the EV space as evolving. You know, we've been in gas for a long time and it worked for us. You know, but... Don't forget, like there was an EV first as well. Like mm-hmm. there was an EV in that time, but I think it's just an evolving way. And I think there are roadblocks to, I mean, there's roadblocks to getting oil sometimes, you know what I mean? It's it's a bigger giant. So we're able to work through and predict and like forecast and manipulate that market a little bit more beyond. And now we're having to realize that we need to do that with our, our energy and our power source. Like we have to figure out the best way to like survive as a species on the resources that we have and do it in an efficient and like quality manner. You know, we can't continue to just do the same thing forever. And so to your question of like, what, how does, how do they grow? I mean, it's, it's going to continue. It's going to, it's, I mean, it's still pretty fresh though. It's going to continue to just evolve. And I think a really natural way of people getting behind the wheel to start and enjoying it. And that's what we do at earth. You know, that's the whole point is like, getting you to experience something you've never experienced, and, and then opening your horizon. Because at one point, I mean, at what time in your life, when you were like 15, did you think that you would have an iPhone and that you would just like be like FaceTiming? Like, describe to your yourself before you, you ever FaceTime, like, this is what you're going to do on FaceTime. I'd be like, I mean, it sounds dope, but I don't know how we're going to get there. You know, what is that concept? What, you can't even, because you don't, if you don't know what the iPhone is at that point, how do you even connect the dot of how you're going to do it? You know, so... It's a long way to go for sure. And there's so many more iterations that can be done. And I love to even see how we make it more sustainable and more eco-friendly because there are, you know, components of it. There's going to be components with anything that humans create that's going to have waste, that's going to have, you know, this negative impact. So how do we continue to refine that and evolve that to where we're able to have almost a closed system? Like that would be really beautiful is that our waste can also be our our power.
0: Yeah, I, I interviewed somebody last week uh about investing in the space economy we talked mm. a lot about this super interesting yeah um,
1: what episode was that? i'm gonna have to listen to that <laughs> i don't
0: know what I, we've got a lot of content so i'm not sure what it's gonna release but basically the concept oh you
1: haven't released it yet
0: no no but okay. the idea is earth will be zoned residential mm-hmm. like light residential agricultural and space will be heavy industrial
1: mm. so
0: everything that takes place factories pollutants i
1: can get onto that yeah. i mean how is it gonna affect there's
0: no atmosphere so it doesn't matter at all? In space?
1: I have a hard feeling that nothing like does not, not matter. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, like I mean, we, no impact. I mean, I I I can I don't know, so I can believe it. But I'm yeah. also a skeptic. Like, I'm the kind yeah. of person who's like, eh, let he me look behind me, the curtain. But it,
0: it, like this conversation and hearing, and I'm 39, but I mean, hearing young people like you and, and your mm-hmm. vision and your drive and listening to these um, younger people investing in the space economy, it gives me hope because I think as a millennial, there's this... Uh, pessimism
1: I'm a millennial as well I'm the last one so I I, no there's definitely I have to be I mean, i I give myself 15, I give myself 15 minutes of like self pity a day and like, this sucks. This is hard. What's the point? You know,
0: I put it on the shelf. And
1: get to whoa. Work. Is yeah. And yeah. then get to like maybe 15. 15 is sometimes I might accumulate it to give myself like 30 or 45. <laughs> like sometimes, but that's because I also accumulated it. So there were days where I didn't, you know, there were days where like you didn't even have the opportunity to think, damn, this is hard. You know what I mean? Like, so, so
0: what has been the hardest part? Maybe unexpectedly on this entrepreneur's.
1: Well, it was all unexpected you. because well, I just. <laughs> yeah, but in your, your yeah. vision, yeah, there are
0: some things obviously that you go into knowing raising capital is going to be a challenge, uh, executing on the operation is going to be a challenge, guerrilla marketing is going to be a challenge. But what are some things you didn't foresee that you realize? God, this is just brutal. I didn't see it coming.
1: Maybe the learning curve, because you have to, and that's like such a law school answer, right? But, and I just came out of it. So that's kind of, I think why I think about that is I just learned something new and a new way of thinking, and now I'm doing it all over again, very, but in like 20 different spaces, like in, within marketing, within payroll, within B2B marketing, within operations of managing people, managing vehicles, managing charge, getting new customers. I mean, it's just, it's all day long. Like, which thing do I adapt first? Like, which thing do I focus on learning this week? Because I'm not going to get to learn everything every day. And I don't know yet even what's important. That's that's even like the bigger thing is like, okay, I'm going to focus on this because I think it's important. Oh, wait, no, like this is more important. So I, I really can't, like that's important, but that's not going to crash and burn me right this second. Like, you know, having a, a great marketing and PR thing when our customer acquisition is low and our car utilization is high, isn't my bread and butter. I would love to have a dope logo. I don't have time to think about that dope logo or pay someone. I have to pay other people to do other things. Yeah. So I think that like that juggle, because I have never been like my, I don't have any family members that are small business owners and so I've never seen like what it takes to run your own business and I'd never looked behind that curtain quite frankly I never thought about it I mean now looking back as a child I see my my grandmother um on my paternal side she worked at a, an elementary school and so she would give me and my cousins a bunch of like school supplies a lot and I got in trouble I think my sixth grade year for selling them out of my locker <laughs> and then they started selling them at the school which was just like so you just took my idea and told me I couldn't do it. Yeah, you and then, then I was like, come on, come <laughs> on, man. Like you just took my hustle. So well,
0: when yeah. I talk about that a lot on when I'm a guest on, on shows, shows, you know, that when I get that question, my answer is very similar. It's I understood the difficulties associated with being a real estate professional, but didn't appreciate the fact that I was a small business owner and all this other stuff that you mentioned, marketing, HR, accounting, tax, bookkeeping, they all support that. Core
1: Website design. They yeah, I mean, support the core everything. business,
0: but I mean, you don't even know that you have to be worried about it. Mm-hmm. You don't know that you're gonna. Well, to because
1: what you're business. worried about for me, right, is is there a rider in that car, right? right? Is there a sale? Like that's right. that's number one. Is we have rides and the riders are happy. That's first and foremost. And the only way the riders can be happy, are is if the drivers are happy. Which means you've got to continually learn your people and learn a new business. And everyone that's worked with us has came in with the understanding or they quickly learned that they're going to learn with us. And I'm not going to be able to know, you know, I'm not a, I'm not an established corporation, so I don't know what you need. And you have to tell me. And I have to come and ask you. You know, I try and have lunch with at least two or three people within the company once a week. It's something that I, I, I've been doing now for a couple of weeks now. And I'm going to continue to try and do that as much as possible, even if it's just one. Because if that one person has that perspective, who else does? And I think like to like, pinpoint it you know back to your original question of you know what's been the most challenging thing it's the juggle but then it's also like for me as especially as a woman and and someone who's a little bit more like women are just overall more caring I guess in the sense that's what they say and and I I I take each person that works with us or that we you know that we work with is like how can I do right by this person like what's the best way I can be to this person but also at the same time I have to do it for the business as well so I have to balance that and there have been times where I've, I've talked to employees and I'm like look I want to do everything right by you, but I've got to do everything right by the business. And when those don't those two things don't gel and you're not willing to meet me somewhere, then it's the business. You know, I'm going to do everything I can for you all day. But the second that you also start to violate the business and, you know, don't uphold your side of the bargain. I can't, I, I'm sorry, like we're, we're, we're not established. You can't you can't clock in and out at 40 hours and only work 25. Like mm. this isn't a corporation where you've got your own desk and you can close the door and like get your work done. Like you've got to be running or at least jogging majority of the time and learning how to run.
0: <laughs> so, and that's a good segue into my next question. You know, I got in touch with you. We traded some emails, calls. you been on the run obviously pretty hard and it reminds me of myself when i started my company but like just how hard are you grinding right now and do you think that's sustainable
1: Mm. well my most of my team will tell me when they're like have you been to yoga like lately yeah because there gets to a point and and usually it's really the hardest thing is like recently been this the travel so we had a place so we were all in nashville then we then four of us went, or three of us went to Austin, and my mother in law, who's like our fourth, because she helps us with.
0: She's in the company.
1: She, well, I mean, she we call her the CEO, the chief energy officer. Uh, um, she cooks all the food, she buys all the groceries, she helps us with our laundry, she helps us. Years help
0: behind the wheels. And yeah, we have a dog, unseen,
1: yeah, eighteen so. year old Yorkie uh, who needs to run all day. Like she needs to go on walk. What's unlocked. the name of the dog? Uh, Violet. Nice. Yeah. That's so cool. Miss Violet, she, everyone knows, everyone in the company sure, like knows sure, Violet. Sure. She's with Mascot, us all the time. Yeah. yeah. But um, to the original point of like sustainability, I mean, that's got to remember the premise of the company is being healthy, you know? So, I mean, I don't spend my money on anything but like really nice food. Like that's where our money goes because that's what's going to continue to sustain us. If I was out partying and drinking and, you know, like not only is sometimes my sleep getting disrupted and and we're not at that point yet. Like I can usually sleep till like eight or nine. Well, I usually sleep like seven or eight and then sometimes nine on a good day. And then obviously there are those days where like it's 4 a.m. at 6 a.m. It's whenever. But there are like at least two or three days out of the week where I can do that. And I went to bed at 12-ish, Maybe you know, so I can get in eight hours at least two or three times a week, which is really like, then that's all I need to continue to keep going. Yeah. But, you know, I know that it's not sustainable in the sense of like, it's always going to be like this because then how am I going to grow a company? Like I need to continue to seek out really amazing people that are, you know, aligned with the vision that want to participate and come in a space of like letting your guard down and letting your ego down and just being really raw and vulnerable with some people that want to accomplish big things. You know, I don't have time for anything else.
0: No, I believe me, I get it. One of the hardest things to evolve into as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. business leader, in my experience, has been letting go of the micro part of it.
1: But also being wise enough to check in on it and make sure that it's, you know, going in a direction. Because if you just give somebody something and you walk away and then they didn't hold up their bargain, then you come back and you're like, whoa, this is a mess. Like, yeah. what's your plan, you know?
0: It's hard. I mean, to scale, you know. You just need to constantly shed things off your desk, but to people you trust. And that's yes. the challenging part. Yeah.
1: I mean, we've we've got a really great, amazing talent. Like, I'm so proud because most of the people that we're with, besides Peter, Joe, Trevor... Those are like, you know, I'm in, I'm in the middle age of the category and within my company, I've got people either my age or right behind me, or even like a year older than me that have never gotten to do anything like this in the companies they worked for. Like I have team members that worked somewhere for five years, owned the position, and they never once got the opportunity to say, Hey, this is actually a better way to do it. Can we try it out? And I'm giving them that all day long. Right. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> and they're like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. I'm like, and they'll call me and, you know, we'll talk about it. But most of the time I'm like, yeah, like, Yeah. Don't. That's good. good. You're good. Like you're. Yeah. That's a great idea. I, I trust you enough to have the great idea. When you when you feel like maybe it's not, give me a call and we'll talk about it. But otherwise, I bet majority of the time you're make you're rocking. You know, obviously if you need to bounce things off people. Like, hey, this is the, like this is what I'm going to say, or this is like the direction I'm going to go, moving the pieces like this. Do You see another angle? Oh well, yeah. I mean, maybe this one or no, like. I would have done it different, but that, that's a great way to do it. So let's, let's run with it. And I mean, I just had one of my newer team members, one of my newer employees. He came to me, was it yesterday or the day before with this really great idea and we implemented like right then. And I was like, yeah, give me 30 minutes and then went and changed it. And, and I was like, that was dope. Like (laughs) I would have loved the opportunity to even think about it, but I'm not in those operations like at the minute level that he is in. And so the fact that he could be like, hey, this is something I see because that's what I need. You know, I've I've set it up to the point I've done every position in the company. So I've set it up to the point where, like, I know at, you know, bare minimum, like this is what we have to, you know, maintain. And I'm going to try and from time to time come into that space or have someone else come into that space and be like, okay, let's elevate now and let's do it this way. But I also need you to be thinking about how we're elevating. And that's been really cool to have people who haven't – I mean, I, I made the opportunity for myself, you know, in, in a way. So it's cool to, like, pass that along and have be doing that with other people.
0: It sounds like a cool place to work.
1: It's tough. I, I mean, don't get it twisted. Like, it's – I know. I know we grind. A lot of work. Like, and I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful that the people on my team continue to grind. But it's fun because – because we live like we can do it. And I think that's, you know, the, the belief and the energy behind making it work and learning and like not letting it get to you. You know, I, I've lived a lot of life for, for 26 and I've had a lot of opportunity to learn and to grow and to deal with tough stuff. And so for me to be in this space and like, you know, but, car gets in an accident a, a car gets a flat tire a, a business partner doesn't do what they said they were going to do it's like all right and we, we we 15 minutes and then we solve you know really so yeah i'm, I'm really it's been really fun i'm very thankful to have, be on this journey
0: well thank you for sharing your story with us
1: yeah thank you for having me
0: we're bumping up against 45 minutes it's gone fast So if people are interested in connecting with you to learn about the story, they want to learn more about the company and how they can, if they live in Nashville or Austin, utilize the service, what's the best way for them to go about doing that?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously social media, Earth Rideshare on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, What else is there? All the good things. And then earthrideshare.com. And then the EarthRides app, obviously, you can just download that, and that'll be getting a really pretty new face here soon. I don't know when this launches, but I'm really excited for, I mean, just complete... You can just
0: go in the App Store and search for Yeah,
1: forward. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go in the App Store, EarthRides, um, Android and iOS, but yeah, that'll be getting a really pretty, really, really exciting new face, and I, you know, I'm excited to see the response. We've had about, what, 14 months of... And our users let us know. Like, we've got people that ride with us, like, ride with us a lot, and so... They let us know and we we listen, you know. we we do we do listen, we know what we need, and now we're at the point where we're gonna be able to do that. So yeah, earthrideshare.com. You can go on weFunder.com slash earthrides. There's still some money left in there. You can ask questions, you can look at all of the different financials and really get some insight into where we're at. And then we've got updates, which I really recommend reading those on on WeFunder. There are a lot of good updates. And then reaching out and having a conversation and taking a ride and telling your friends and, you know, connecting us Clear to a business out. partner. Let's do it. Yeah. Like reach out and just, I'm thankful. Like we, we've created a brand that people trust and respect and I want to continue to do that. So I appreciate you getting me a, a platform to talk about that.
0: Best of luck. Want to do a re- part two here in the next couple of months and see how the the raise mm-hmm. went. And then definitely encourage people to reach out. It's a cool story. It's a cool company. Close to my heart, being in Nashville. Um, And I love the dual impact, you know, doing good and doing well, very much resonates, I think, with today's consumer. So I think you're well positioned and definitely depending on timing, check them out at WeFunder. It's a cool platform, a great way to be part of the ownership, part of the story at, you know, a very manageable entry point for (laughs) investors. So a great solution. And thanks again for coming on.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of The Capital Club. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please like, rate, or leave us a review, and stay tuned for our next episode coming soon.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?